0: Amen. I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. And we're going to read from uh, the first verse of the chapter. The book of Acts chapter 1. And beginning at the first verse of the chapter. Acts chapter 1. Beginning or reading at verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining. And he said unto them, "Is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word Again, to our hearts. And we're thinking about the power of the Holy Spirit or the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And we're looking at verse uh, 8 there in particular. Let's just unite in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank thee for the power of the Holy Spirit. We do thank thee that thou dost come and take up weak vessels. And Lord, we thank thee that thou dost enable us uh, to do something that will not only stand the test of time, but the test of eternity. And our Father, we pray that thou wouldst bless even just now as we come uh, to consider thy word. We pray that it might be of blessing to our souls and to our hearts. Bless us abundantly. Meet us at the point of our need for it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen. We're thinking... Uh, of this great passage of Scripture here that is before us. We think of the mighty acts that were done by the apostles in Acts chapter 1, particularly in Acts chapter 2. We're thrilled as we think of the mighty things that were done on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit that had been promised by the Lord Jesus there in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 came upon the disciples And those men that had been afraid and had been timid and cowardly were turned into men of power and grace as they made known the unsearchable riches of Christ. We read about how the sound of a rushing mighty wind came upon them. There were tongues like as of fire and they went out and they preached in the different languages of the people and they were able to see Many thousands come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, that was just the start of the advance of the work of God. Because these disciples, later on it was said of them, that these that have turned the world upside down are come here also. And they made such an impact uh, on in their day and generation. I was saying to the people in the home on uh, Friday there, About how that even 30 years afterwards, uh, the uh, Roman uh, historian Tacitus spoke of how there were uh, multitudes in the different cities in Rome. 80 years afterwards, Pliny spoke about how there were uh, so many that had abandoned the pagan temples. And God swept in, in mighty power, and there was a great f- f- uh, turning to God in that day and generation. And I have no need to say that we need that power in this day. We live in a day when so many have turned away from the things of God. We think of how the world has the levers of power. They have the media. They have the um, uh, government, governmental power. They have even the companies today are foisting a non-biblical agenda upon us. We think of all of the levers, but men and women, they're absolutely nothing. All of the resources of the world are nothing in the face of the God of heaven. And this power is available to us. And what we want to think about today is this mighty power that we as the church of God, as the people of God, can have, and we can see mighty things done for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're thinking today, just for a few minutes, about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And first of all, I want us to think about the necessity of the power of the Holy Spirit. Those words there, the promise of the Lord to his disciples, in Acts 1 verse 8, it says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And you can see there how the disciples obviously needed the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it, you, you, you notice the, ti- the timing there. They would be witnesses after that the Holy Ghost had come upon them. Now, that might surprise us in some ways, because if ever there was a group of people, who were able to be witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ, it was those disciples. They had dwelt um, with him for many years, three and a half years, many of them. They had been there when he had spoken. They had been there in the midst of his miracles. They had seen his power and his strength. They had been witnesses to his authority. And then they had been witnesses to his rising from the dead and the mighty things that were done by the Lord Jesus Christ. And if ever there was a group of people who were qualified to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ, it was those disciples. But the Lord says here to them, no, you're not going to be proper witnesses. You're not going to be the mighty witnesses that you can be until the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And that shows us the great necessity of the Holy Ghost. You know, we could say, that the church of God needs many things. We need more prayer. We need to pray. We need to seek the face of God in prayer. The Lord Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint." And there's no doubt that we need more prayer. We could say, well, the biggest need of the church in this hour is a burden for souls. It is vital that we get the message out, that we tell men and women about the Lord Jesus Christ, and certainly the Lord said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's absolutely vital and fundamental that we do that. But we re- realize here today that above all of these things, we need power. We need strength. You think of all that is taking place in this world in which we live. We, we read In the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 7, the Lord says, this know. This is something that we need to know. He says, this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And then he goes on, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And we think of the gospel influence that there has been in our history. But as we look at our society today, we are turning away. People are becoming proud, proud, blasphemers, covetous, They're lovers of their own selves, isn't that the the, uh, mark of this day and generation? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You think of our society, isn't that the description of it in this day in which we live? You think of what's happening in the church, in the religious sphere. And you think of how there's been a turning away from God, even this week. You might have heard how the Church of England... Has said that they are uh, turning away from the Bible as the authority on sexual matters. They want to have the world's authority rather than God's authority. There's a turning away from the things of God. And we see it in our day and generation. And what we as the church of God need is the power of God. We need to be those that turn the world upside down. We can go with all of the orthodox message and we can have all of the uh, theological I's dotted and the T's crossed. But unless we have the power of God, then it will come to nothing. The Lord Jesus said, Without me, ye can do nothing. So the necessity is, and we need to see that, in this day. We need to see the necessity is that we as God's people have this power. And this power is available. He said to his disciples, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And that's been the secret of every successful ministry. You know, um, C.H. Spurgeon a renowned prince of preachers in the 19th century. And you think of how he um, uh, had the largest Protestant house of worship in the world in the day, in 1861, 6,500 worshippers, And not only that, but when he preached, um, immediately it was, the uh, message was taken down. There was no internet in those days. So they had to write it. And the next day, it was transcribed and put into a penny pulpit, the Metropolitan Tabernacle pulpit, and that then went out all over the world. And Spurgeon knew the power of his ministry. He knew that God's people were praying for him, and he knew that his message would go far and wide. But Spurgeon's pulpit, there used to be, the way it was, there was a small pulpit down at the front. And that's where he would lead the singing. And then when he was going to preach the message, he went up up, up to a higher pulpit. And there were 15 steps on each side. You could go up either side, up to the higher pulpit. And Spurgeon used to say every step that he took up uh, to the higher pulpit, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe. As every step went down, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Every Sunday, he went up those steps, he said, I believe in the Holy Ghost 15 times as he claimed, because he knew that no matter what his abilities might be, or what his talents might be, he would have to to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, if there is no power, there's no preaching. And what he's meant by that, that that preaching without power is a contradiction. Every preacher is merely going through the motions. We're just giving a public presentation of material, unless we have the power of the Holy Ghost. And then uh, Lloyd-Jones asserted this. He said, It is the Holy Spirit falling upon the preacher in a special manner. It is an access of power. It is God giving power and enabling through the Spirit to the preacher in order that he may do this work in a manner that lifts up uh, beyond the efforts and endeavors of man to a position in which the preacher is being used by the Spirit and becomes a channel through whom the Spirit works. And you need to pray that the preacher here now and in the incoming days will be a preacher filled with the power of God, plain and simple, The ministry is not going to succeed unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. But then not only do I want you to see the necessity of the power of the Holy Spirit, but I want you to think about the nature of the power of the Holy Spirit. If we want this power, what is it? What's it going to do? What is going to be the effect of the power of the Holy Spirit Well, you can see here, if you look in the book of Acts in the first number of chapters here, you can see some of the things that are true of the Holy Spirit. And you can see the extensive nature of the Holy Spirit's power. And by that, I mean, it just didn't have a one-off impact or just had an immediate and a temporary impact. But when the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, it had an effect that radiated out. It was like throwing a stone into the middle of a pond and the ripples went on and on and on. And you think of the Jews that were here on the day of Pentecost. Those that heard the message, they saw the power of God. And they heard the apostles preach in their own language. And they heard the word of God by which uh, 3,000 of them were saved. And then what happened? Well, they went back with that message to where they were coming from. They brought the message to Asia Minor. They brought the message to Rome. They brought the message to the different uh, outposts of the empire where they had come uh, from. And there was a ripple effect. And not only did the Holy Spirit make an effect on that occasion when 3,000 were saved, but then it began to open doors and began to um, make uh, openings for the gospel in other places, and the gospel was carried from here to there to everywhere, and in a surprising way, doors were opened, and God began to work in an extensive way. And you know, we can't, we can't do that. We can't. Uh, maybe there are times when we have been in meetings, and maybe somebody heard the word of God. And then they carried the message to their family or carried the message to their workmates and it had that extensive effect. And we, we can't legislate for that. We, we can't order that. It's only God that can do that. Not only is it an extensive power, but it is an equipping power. You see, the Holy Ghost, when he comes on us in power, equips us. If you turn to First Corinthians chapter 12, In verses four to eleven it says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are differences of ministrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And you think of all of the gifts there, but they are distributed among the body of Christ. And God gives us this power. God gives us these abilities. God gives us these gifts that we are equipped by. And when God calls somebody to be his servant, then he equips them to be that servant and to do what we need to do. We need the power of God to equip us. And then you think about the energizing nature of the Holy Spirit's power. You think of the revival that took place here And you think of Peter who is suddenly energized. He's able to preach. The apostles who had been so very timid and behind closed doors suddenly are energized by the Holy Spirit of God. We are told in John 16 and verse 7, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And he helps us not only by giving us the talents and the abilities and the uh, uh, the, uh, powers that we need, But he gives us the energy to go out and speak for him. How we need the Holy, the Church of God needs to be energized in this day. We're so sleepy; we are uh, taking the back seat so very often. But we we need, don't we? We need the energy of God. It says in that verse in John sixteen and seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. The comforter is the parrot like one who is called alongside to help us. He energizes us in the work of God. He sustains us. He helps us. And then you think about the enlightening power of the Holy Spirit. It says in John 14 and 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So not only does he energize us, but he enlightens us. He tells us the things to say. He He gives in our minds the words to say. The Lord will put the words in in our mouths, not only in witness, but in prayer. You think of what it says in Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He shows us what the Word of God says. He leads us into all truth. And my, why we need to be led into truth in this day, of lies in this day of deception. We need to be led into truth. He helps us to know the Father's will and to walk in the Father's will. You think of Philip, when God directed him by the Holy Spirit to leave Samaria in the midst of the revival and go to speak to a man in a chariot in the middle of a desert, the Ethiopian eunuch. God directs. He enlightens. He shows us the way. And then you think about the encouraging nature of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5 verse 5 it says, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Oh how he helps us in the midst of suffering or in the midst of difficulties. We know his love. We know his enfolding blessing upon us as we go about our business Think too of Romans 15 verse 13, now the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hope comes where the Holy Spirit comes. And that's, thank God, possible as the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Think too about the enriching Ministry of the Holy Spirit's power. First Corinthians 6, verse 11. But you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Sanctifying means set apart for him. We're set apart for him. We uh, become more Christ-like. We have the riches of his grace. And then think about the encamping, encamping power. Of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 34 verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. And delivereth them. And he delivers us. When the old enemy comes against us. When the world is against us. When persecution is coming. Thank God that the angel of the Lord. Encampeth round about those that fear him. Oh dear friend. How we need The power of the Holy Ghost to enrich us, to encamp around us, to enlighten us, to energize us as we seek to live for God day by day. Isn't this what the church of God needs in this day and generation? One more thing, the evangelizing power of the Holy Spirit. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. If we're going to be effective witnesses in this day and generation, how we need the evangelizing power of the Holy Spirit of God. So we think about the necessity of the Holy Spirit and we think about the nature of the Holy Spirit. But one more thing I want you to see and that's the neglect of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because as we look at the church of God today, don't we need God's power? Don't we need God to step in He has promised us power and we need to have that power. How can we get it? Well, of course, we need to be saved first of all. We we, um, need to be washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. The Holy Spirit only indwells those that are saved by his grace. So that's the first thing. And if you're not saved today, you need to be saved by his grace or you'll know nothing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Spirit By the work, the the, uh, question in Galatians 3 and 2 is, Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And of course, we have received the Holy Spirit by the hearing of faith. We come to Him, we've got to be saved. But then, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we get this power? Well, first of all, we've got to be consumed by the Word of God. It, It is The spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the Bible says. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life, the Lord Jesus said. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And as we delve into the word of God, as we abide in Christ, as we come face to face with him, as we open the word of God, uh, and as we pray and meditate over the Word of God, then we are strengthened with might in the inner man. And we can pray that God would send us the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's only as we bathe ourselves in the Word of God. As we pursue God's face. Oh, how we've got to pursue this. It's not just going to come upon us um, this Uh, power of the holy spirit the the disciples they had to wait they had to wait upon god they had and and what did they do they prayed as they waited They, they were before god's face they were seeking god's help they were looking for god's promise they were content to wait there until god in his mighty power had come upon them and isn't that just the same that we need to do We need to have that waiting for God. There needs to be that patience. You know, there maybe are times when we become impatient with God and we wonder what God is doing. But the only solution is the power of God. And the only way to get it is what God has said to his disciples. He said, Tarry, tarry ye here at Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Don't do anything. Until you're endued with power. Don't uh, go out into the marketplace or into the uh, open air and preach the word until you're endued with power from on high. But there has to be the waiting. There has to be the tarrying. There has to be the expectation that God. And we come into the face of God in the place of prayer. And we wait upon God. But when we wait, God says, until ye be endued. And there will be that power that God gives to those people who are willing to wait upon him, to cry to him, to wait in his face and to seek his blessing. But you look at our needs today. We look at the condition of our land and we think about the terrible things that are being foisted upon us today. God's church, God's people need to have a voice, a powerful voice in this day. And there is a voice that we can have as we're endued with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's real, it's available, but we need to wait. And that's the hard thing. We need to cry unto God that he might give us this power. And may we know something of that power and that grace in this day. Let's just bow in a wee word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank Thee for the precious Word of God. We do thank Thee for the uh, promise of the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we need that power today. We can't go on their our own strength. Lord, we are weakened. Uh, we uh, don't have to rehearse before Thee uh, the uh, inadequacies that we have. But Lord, we thank Thee for the power of the Holy Spirit. We think of what was done in that day by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank Thee that the same thing can take place in this day and generation. in us with power from on high. Bless thy word to our hearts for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe we could turn to the hymn 172 in closing, please. The hymn 172, Lord, as of old at Pentecost, thou didst thy power display with cleansing, purifying flame descend on us today. And, um, We'll sing the first two verses of the hymn and we'll stand as we sing. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we pray that thou dost indeed send the old-time power, the Pentecostal power. Bless us as we separate one from the other. Just now take us to our homes in safety. Bless and be with us we gather again this evening, and we pray for a sense of thy presence in the midst. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen.